We are very excited about today's show. And before we begin, we got Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. Jesse, tell us what you got for us. Stephen, we have a new product on the store and you know I'm a shopaholic. I get very excited when I see something new and sparkly, especially, and sparkly they are. These are Crown Jewels LLC earrings, jewelry, et cetera, uh, different sizes, styles, like for every phase of competition, different colors. I'm really loving shopping what they have to offer. Okay. So what is it that you like about these particular earrings that maybe are different from like what's already on our shop? So I like it because it has a lot of different color combinations, a lot of different shapes. Like instead of the traditional like chandelier, they have a lot of different like looks where they're pairing small stones with big stones, which are great if you're on stage because it sparkles so vibrantly. I like that they have a lot of different tones within big tones. They don't don't just have royal blue. They have turquoise and baby blue and dark blue, et cetera. So like truly I've been able to find like a little bit of everything. Yeah. And with this partnership that we have with them too, I think like this makes us the largest um, destination for pageant earrings, like on online. I mean, you're not going to nice. see it. you're not going to see a bigger, bigger selection of it, and the the price point's a little bit lower, right, than what we have. Oh my gosh, I couldn't even believe it when I was looking. Like they have these great. I, I I'm definitely calling them the wrong thing, but they're like colored three stone drop earrings. So they're probably like two and a half, three inches. Like they're pretty big and they come in like every color of the rainbow. They're perfect for interview or appearance, maybe even fun fashion or talent, like 28 bucks. Wow. Yeah. I couldn't even believe I saw, I was like choking on my hot water. (laughs) So blown away. But like everything from like really, really wide earrings. If you have like darker hair, sometimes wider earrings are better. So they pop more against it. If you want to wear a color, like sometimes a long skinny earring is better. So it's not as dramatic, but still you get a pop. Um, so I was really impressed with a lot of what I saw and, um, it's right around like that 20 to 50 mark. I don't even think there is a product for 50 on this brand, which is even crazier. Yeah. So, so affordable, so versatile, Every color of the rainbow, every cat, like I'm, there's evening gown earrings, interview earrings. You can't even imagine the selection. Okay. And with it, does it qualify for the free shipping too? Free shipping and returns. Um, you can find it at shop.pageantplanet.com. And one thing I love most about this brand is they specialize in comfortable and lightweight earrings. And if you have ever done a long pageant where you're there for four days a week, two weeks a month, you know how important it is to have earrings that are comfortable. It's a comfort aspect that people don't think about, but it is so valuable. So Mm. valuable. Awesome. All right. And also you can look for the link. I'll put the direct link in the show notes. And um, thanks, Jesse. Welcome to Pageant Planet's podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome to another episode. Today, Jesse and myself, we are going to be discussing what you must know to succeed in pageantry. And this is advice that's coming straight from pageant directors themselves. So Jesse, set the stage for us. Stephen, pageant contestants like hold directors in a very high regard as they should. It's definitely not an easy job. And most of the time it's not a very lucrative job either. I think probably speak for the majority of directors there, but they are in this business and role because they love helping to develop men and women and guide them to make their own mark on the world. Would you agree? Oh, wholeheartedly. I mean, the, the industry would not exist without pageant directors. 
No, absolutely not. And contestants, here's what I think they try to do. I think they try to read directors' minds. I think they like to imagine that they know what a director is looking for and make assumptions based on like that observation. And what makes the all like the worse is often contestants are too nervous to even reach out to the directors to ask clarifying questions. So like you may work for them during a whole year of service as their title holder. And they're also looking to find the best represent representation for their system. So like they want you to reach out. They want you to be totally clear on what to expect and they want to set you up for success. Yeah. Cause I mean, again, like in real world terms, like this is a, like she's your boss, the director, he or she is your boss, and you are applying for this position, this spokesmodel position. And all pageantry is a glorified job interview for a spokesmodel position. And mm-hmm. so if the boss is kind of giving you unclear parameters, you know, it's like you're your potential boss. It's not necessarily a bad thing if you just reach out and ask a clarifying question. Exactly. So so we went through Instagram as we always do. um, And we asked like directors, we asked contestants who might have gotten advice from directors along the way and like want to discuss what they wanted you to hear. I like it. Okay. So what's the, what's the first kind of tip that they have? So the first is I'm kind of calling it the trust yourself tip. And this came from a contestant that received valuable advice. Stephen, you want to share it? Yeah, it's the Mona style, uh, the underscore Mona style. She said, as you go out there, be unapologetically you. Don't second guess yourself or even compare. You are amazing, beautiful, and worthy of winning the crown. So this phrase, unapologetically you, has really picked up some steam over the past few years in the pageant industry. Stephen, you've heard that before, I'm yeah. assuming? Mm-hmm. I shouldn't assume, but I figured you would have Um, because we talk all the time and I know I've said it before. Um, But what does that really mean? Like we are constantly whitening our teeth. We're wearing Spanx. Can't just be me. We're putting on false eyelashes in order to improve our appearances. Like, so don't get me wrong. These are major must do's for your pageant. But at what point do we stop fixing and start accepting? It's like a big question. So Stephen, like what does being apologetic, unapologetically yourself mean to you when we put it in this context? Um, so for me, things that deal with like beauty or like something, like for example, I, I get Botox. I mean, my wife and I, we have a mo- medical spot. I get Botox. I'm getting older. I'm getting like wrinkles on my forehead. I don't like them. So by me, like course correcting something that I don't necessarily like um, is not me like adapting or changing so being unapologetically you is something that takes place more inside uh, that you feel like you need to do in order to fit in now i don't feel like being unapologetically you means that um you are over opinionated right because sometimes that's just rude (laughs) that's not like you being unapologetically uh, unapologetically you it just means that you're unapologetically rude so the thing is, if you are in a social setting and you're around people that maybe have difference of opinions than you and they're not necessarily asking for yours, just listen and hear them out, right? Like, So um, loving someone else and respecting them and their opinions and just being comfortable with your own skin and realizing that you have a difference of opinion but not necessarily feeling the need to push your opinion or push your beliefs on someone else is something that I equate to being unapologetically you. Mm -hmm. Um, When I'm in a social setting, you know, for example, and let's say that you don't drink, 
right? And then you're in a social setting where everybody's <laughs> drinks. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I can't yeah. even hold it. So Susan and I, we are we love a glass of wine in the evening. We don't we don't wine before podcasts, but it probably would be good entertainment. But I laugh because we are of age and we enjoy. Yeah, and that's in I, I like a glass of whiskey. Jesse likes her wine. I like wine, you know, all that stuff. So um but if I'm in a social, Continue. yeah. So if I'm in a social setting where I'm like, okay, I'm only going to have one because maybe I'm dieting or whatever, right? Then and all my friends are like, do another, do another, do another, right? And if I give in to that, then I'm not necessarily being unapologetically me because I'm sacrificing my commitment to myself for the crowd, and that's where I feel like mm-hmm. that bridge can be crossed. Well, yeah, and I'll be honest too. Like when it comes to pageants, like. I have been, I have been very genetically blessed. Like most women that are considered traditionally beautiful are like just that they're genetically blessed. It doesn't take any skill or hard work to be perceived as beautiful. Like sure makeup enhances it. But, um, right now there's a standard of beauty. Like we look at certain supermodels and we think, oh my gosh, they're so beautiful. Well, most of the time they were born that way. Like they didn't do anything to, to earn or gain that. So like, let's, let's recognize that for a minute. So to be unapologetically yourself in the pageant industry, like it's exposing what's on the inside and Steven, you'll get, you'll get a kick out of this. Um, but once I was giving a presentation to young women about like owning the room and I used the, without thinking, um, like more, I like wrote this in an outline and now I'm like panicking about saying it out loud on the podcast. <laughs> But I used the term frontal wedgie. And like, I know like several listeners just now like clutched the pearls when I said it. Like I was a title holder at the time. I won't say what title I had. But it was basically like, okay, when you're in, like when you're given a presentation, if you got a frontal wedgie, like leave it alone. Like, like stay the course, keep confidence. Most of the people will not even realize. So, so, um, but like keeping it real is like a part of who I am. And I know like I have plenty to additional to offer to go with like my snarky attitude and my genetically blessed ability. So like essentially match your level of polish. Like, so wear the spanks, do the lashes, like look the part, but match it with like a boatload of your natural personality. Yeah. I mean, so, and then, you know, with me, I'm not one of those overly masculine guys. Right. And so when I'm around a bunch of guys and the testosterone is a high, I don't try to match their testosterone because I'm like comfortable with that. I mean, so much so that like before I married Renata, I mean, I was pretty much single for the first five years of pageant planet. Everybody was like, yep, he's gay. Right. I just don't have that like super masculine energy. I don't feel like. And I also make like Renata calls them dad jokes, like just kind of corny, just off the cuff <laughs> jokes. Right. And so that is who I am. And that's me being unapologetically me, like just living my life. Right. So I don't feel the need to course correct like my jokes or my quirkiness or again, like my version of what I feel like mask, my definition of masculinity to match those people in the group. And I feel like that's a prime example. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Cool. Um, all right. So, Trust yourself is, is point number one. And what's the what's the second point? So this is take ownership. Um, I love this one. I'm very excited to talk about it. So Stephen, set the stage. Yeah. So this is from USA National Miss. And I am i don't know if this is Jackie Watts or not. She's the national director, but maybe it's somebody on her social media. Says, read everything. Be sure to read all the info the national office sends you. The more knowledge you have, 
um, about the pageant, the better prepared and the less stressed you will be. Knowledge truly is power. So that's good. I mean, yes. You get your documents from your pageant office, read it once, read it twice. And when you've done that, I want you to read it again. Like yeah. nothing drives a director up a wall more than when a contestant like asks them a question that they already have the answer to. Like directors spend a lot of time and energy putting together resources for their contestants. I know a director that hand bedazzles their contestant handbooks. Like you better believe she wants you to read that thing cover yeah. to cover and then probably frame it after the fact. I mean, my gosh. Yeah. So like show them you have that attention to detail and do yourself a favor. Educate yourself. Oh, and it's like, it's so painful because I mean, we, we experience this too, right? Like when we're communicating to all of our, uh, like our, our subscribers, our members that, that receive coaching from our portal, et cetera. And we're like, okay, here is the new change, right? And then people are like, what, where did this feature go? And we send out like three emails and put something in the mail, like physical mail to them say, here's the change. And then they're like, you know, three months later, like what, what happened? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. like, where did we go wrong? Yeah. And it's like, oh, and it's like, we try to like, think of all the angles. Cause we're like, all right, people for the most part don't read. Right. And if right. you show and you ask those questions to your directors, like I know this is USA national miss. I know national American miss, which I mean, is a large pageant also here in the United States. That's like from, Miss Division and Down, um, they send like a small book to the contestants that shows like everything, like what to wear, like makeup codes or whatever. And, you know, Steve and Kathleen, the national director is like, the contestants don't read it. So, <laughs> you know, and it's like they try and they labor over these words in order to help you. So just read that material and it will, as, you know, Jackie said, or USA National Miss said, it will greatly reduce your, uh, your stress. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you'll also like, Put yourself ahead of your competition if you stay diligent about going the extra mile because I guarantee you, you'll be standing next to someone when you're in rehearsal, but okay, what time do we have to be down here for the pageant? Or they'll say, okay, what, what are we doing tomorrow? What do we have to wear? And the majority of that will probably be available in the Kissing Handbook. It would have already been said. So you just have to really like take it all in. Write it all down, read it once, read it twice, read it three times, but do yourself a favor, make a great impression on your director and be thorough. You know, and there is, gosh, there is such a confidence that comes on you when you just know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was in New York with um, like several friends. This has been probably a decade ago. And my one friend, Eric Deems, we always called him Senator in high school because we're like, Senator? And he just <laughs> always, I mean, he would wear a suit to high school. Like he just carried himself like this. And, um, and this was my first time going on like a, a trip with him and his friend group. And I woke up, you know, it was like, I don't know, or I was getting ready and it was like 8.30 in the morning. He was already up, already ready, already dressed. And he had... Um, not the map. Yeah, he actually had a physical map because this was before like we all had smartphones and stuff. So it was probably more than 10 years ago. Um, so and he was mapping out our day. Well, for the rest of the day, we were leaning on Eric Deems to show us around the city. And it was a great trip. And he was our tour guide. And he was in the leadership role just because he knew the route. 
And like everybody relied on him and naturally his confidence kept high and we were all like, okay, good. So if you want to boost your confidence at your pageant, just be the road guide for everybody else. Because as we've already stated earlier, people won't necessarily go to the director out of fear or intimidation or whatever, Mm -hmm. but they will feel a lot more comfortable coming to you and then you will raise yourself up as that leader. And the other staff members will also take notice of that too and say, wow, you know, Erica or John over there, like all the people are really flocking to them. You know, so if anything, it puts you on the staff spotlight, which is not a bad thing. So I can give a a pro and a con to that too. Okay. So a lot of the times these people that are natural leaders and they do read everything cover to cover, which is fantastic. Sometimes they can get sucked in by the the energy of other contestants who are nervous and like, you know what? I feel pretty confident. Here's the answer, or I'll ask the question on behalf of everyone and just be a little bit cautious about, um, kind of grouping yourself in with the pack and being the scape. Like a lot of contestants are wondering if this, um, because you never know what kind of image that can portray to the director. Like maybe it will be like, wow, great initiative. Or maybe it's well, I did send this out and you missed it. And now you are the fool, even though there are 10 other people that wanted to know too. So proceed with caution when trying to like lead the pack. But otherwise, again, do that for yourself. Give yourself that confidence and never be afraid to ask for clarifying questions as long as you know the information is available otherwise. Okay, great. All right. So what's uh, point number three? Point number three is to put yourself out there. Okay. Um, Want me to read it? Yeah. Okay. So this is from Sunny Hill, which is American Pageants Inc. is their handle on Instagram. Make the most of your time as a title holder, but don't feel pressure to be someone you aren't. We want the experience to be as authentic as possible while making memories. Also, once you are American Pageant title holder, you are part of the family. I really want to focus on the last sentence of this. I've told the story before that I was a bit lazy when it came to like taking initiative to make connections with my new pageant family. I think sometimes contestants win a pageant and then after like they think they're the golden child, like, Oh, here's, here's the baby of the group. Now here she is. She's like, (laughs) like, Oh my gosh, on this pedestal, she's done it. This is the time that you should humble yourself, like different judges, different day. Like, you know, the phrase and while judges or while you want to make your system proud, like You need to wake up and earn it every single day and contribute to the family the same way they hope they take care of you. So, like, for example, your director works tirelessly to secure sponsorships for their winners. So now that you've won, don't just say, oh, thank you so much. This is a wonderful like it's all for me because I am the star. Like, okay, but how are you hustling to give back to them? Yeah. And again, we're talking about like succeeding in pageantry, mm-hmm. right? And this is the director who's like, so it's not necessarily just winning the crown. It's what are you doing to have a successful reign? Yes. Um, because you can win the crown and have a miserable reign, mm-hmm. right, a- as a title holder. And then you're left with a bad taste in your mouth and almost like you wasted a year. So this is setting you up for success long term. And like you can parlay these skills in like, this experience that you've helped because pageantry is a business. So if you helped a business expand their contestant list from like 20 to 40, that's really good, especially if you're going and trying to get a job later on in life as a marketer, right? Or something Mm -hmm. of that nature. So you really want to um, focus on, as we've said in other episodes, you want to focus on the desires of the director and their goals. So 
put yourself out there and say, like, start the initiative and just say, what can I do to help you, pageant director, have a successful reign? And you will go in like their hall of fame of title holders because mm-hmm. how few contestants actually do that after they win. Mm-hmm. Exactly true. Exactly true. And so many contestants will say, oh, I'm going to do this during my year to set us up for success. And then like the year ends and like you look back and the pageant actually has less contestants than it did when you started. (laughs) So it's like, okay, you've said you're going to do recruiting and you're going to hype this pageant. And like, what did, what did we see? So it's, it's that point. You just have to follow through and be the title holder that the director can look back and be proud of and that you can feel good about reaping all these rewards that come with it. Yeah. And I mean, to drive this home even more, let's say that you're not necessarily a natural recruiter, right? Based on your personality, right? Maybe you're more administrative or maybe you're more like a choreographer. Choreographer. So um, look at the pageant and say like, this is what would make it even better. Or like, Mm -hmm. are you good at negotiating with vendors? Like, oh, how much did you pay for your room? Okay, I've got a deal over here down the street where you can get 50% off of your room. Um, You know, something like that where you can contribute to the director and you're bringing your natural skill set. So this is kind of, this is taking it back to being uh, unapologetically you and Mm -hmm. being unapologetically you around your skill sets. Because we all have different skill sets. So... Just put that out there. There's more than one ways to serve your director. Yes. And so this next one isn't really a subsection. It was just a really interesting tip I wanted to talk through um, that came through. And it came from Dakota Jean, J-E-E-E-A-N. And she said, be a filter, not a sponge. And that was advice she had gotten from a director. And it really intrigued me. And Stephen, I'd like to hear what your initial interpretation is of this at like first year. Yeah, I've never heard that before. I love it. Uh, my initial interpretation is a sponge absorbs everything, right? Whereas a filter only lets the good stuff pass through. So that's why, I mean, when you're taking advice or you're taking experience or you're listening to conversations, um, only like they say, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, mm-hmm. you know? So let the good stuff come through and just filter out like some of the you know, maybe the gossip stuff or the negative stuff or the stuff that just maybe doesn't land with you based on your personality or where you are in your journey. Don't let that stuff through. Don't necessarily feel the need to take everything on and change all aspects of, of you to uh, match what somebody else is saying. Just filter it out. And like, like I said, just take the good, leave the bad. Mm-hmm. What about you? And well, I think in pageants as a contestant, you get advice from everywhere. Like I had a random local director come up to me and say, Oh my God, you should always wear that dress. Like never change it. And it was like the satin cheap animal print dress. I look back and I'm like, how did I walk on a stage with this? And like, but everyone literally will come up to you and have an opinion and give you advice. So my only note with this comment is that while I do agree, I have also seen several contestants over time act as though they know everything. Like they can't be told anything. Like they already know the secrets. So like, don't confuse being unapologetically yourself. Like we already talked about with being unable to take feedback and apply it. Like Steven said, like take what's necessary, leave what's not. Um, What Dakota is referring to in my opinion is having the ability to like accept all types of critique, but know how to decide what to accept and what to put on the shelf. Exactly what you said, Steven. So I would just say, recognize where you are at your pageant journey and just don't automatically assume everything is bad. You don't like, you shouldn't take it in, but really take time to reflect on every piece of criticism or feedback you receive and figure out how it works into your puzzle if it does. Yeah. You know, so 
with me, I, I was raised with five sisters, um, no brothers. And so growing up, I basically was, and my mom is very dominant too in personality. You met my mom like this week, um, this past week. And like, so <laughs> I was used to everybody telling me just what to do all my life. Cause I mean, all the women in my family are very dominant. And when I came to high school and then I had like athletics and coaches would tell me what to do, I would try to take on all of their critique because I'm like, okay, I got to do all these things. It was so stressful. So I had to learn this filtering approach that Dakota was talking about. And I mean, depending on your personality, you who are listening, you might be just like me, but you really do have to look introspectively and say, does this land with me? And mm-hmm. you have to take the points that really land with you. And I know that one particular coach, I'm sure that he meant well, but his coaching style led me to have less results because mm. I was attempting to match what he think, like um, how he thought I should be playing versus how I just organically was. And that like it looking back stifled my results. It was a great learning curve. I'm very grateful I went through it um, because it helped me in other areas of my life of like learning this principle, but it is, it's a really real thing. So, you know, um, I really love this advice by Dakota. So in summary, Stephen, there's a common thread here that runs throughout all of the feedback from the directors that I found, and they're not talking with their judges to crown a certain type of person, but someone they believe is presenting who they really are. That's the thing to take it, take away from this. When the judges see this, they know they are choosing a queen that can be trusted to share that authenticity with everyone they meet while still wearing a crown and sash. And overall, that's the direction the pageantry is headed in. Mm, so good. Well, thank you for listening. And if you've received any benefit from this show or for one's previous, please consider giving us a five-star review. How this small action helps us is it helps us understand if you really are liking the content that we're producing. And the more reviews that we see, well, the higher we rank in um, like the podcast and the more that we put and the more effort that we put into this. So again, it just takes a moment, but it really does help us keep the show going. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.